If you haven't yet, go check out the Pre-Med Years podcast over at medicalschoolhq.net, where this week we're celebrating our fourth anniversary. This is the Old Pre-Meds podcast, session number 48. You're a non-traditional student entering the medical field on your terms. You may have had some hiccups along the way, but now you're ready to change course and go back and serve others as a physician. This podcast is here to help answer your questions and help educate you on your non-traditional journey to becoming a physician. And welcome to the Old Pre-Meds Podcast, where we take questions directly from the Old Pre-Meds forums, which you can find over at oldpremeds.org. It's easy to register for an account, sign up, and go ask some questions. The community over there is amazing, and you'll have the opportunity to have your question answered here on the podcast. This week, we have an interesting question, someone who is asking about their chances of getting into a U.S.-based school, a U.S. medical school, and not necessarily their chances, but they're talking about what they're thinking about doing to get into U.S.-based school. Now, obviously, there are a lot of students that want to get into a U.S. medical school, but this student's a little bit different. This student previously went to a Caribbean school, got into Caribbean school, failed their first semester, and then dropped out after reconsidering everything and reevaluating his or her life and figuring out that going to a Caribbean school isn't going to be the best for their career and came back to the States and is on a path to try to try to pick everything back together and get into get into a U.S. school. So that's what we're going to talk about. Rich, welcome back to the Old Pre-Meds podcast. And how are you today, Dr. Ryan? I'm doing great. And yourself? I'm wonderful. All right. So our poster today has an interesting post. This is somebody who says that they applied to medical school after completing an MPH and did not get into any medical schools in the U.S. And so I'll, I'll take a break here. You and I talked about MPHs and, and how medical schools view graduate programs. And so an MPH, if, if you remember our conversation before, MPH isn't that strong of a master's degree to hold a lot of water for medical schools. So... I'll leave that one on the side. Um, this student says they forego reapplication and went to Ross in the Caribbean in the fall of 2015. Long story short, I did not pass my first semester by less than one point. And so they missed passing by one point. Unfortunately, that meant I had to repeat the entire first semester. I thought really long and hard and did not feel as though the environment was conducive for my learning and succeeding, even considering the fact that I did not pass my first semester, added to the fact that I would be a graduate of a foreign medical school. I did not feel that my residency chances would be great. So I bailed and decided to reinvent myself, work harder, get smarter, and reapply. And so they are going to reapply in 2017, the 2017 cycle. Their stats are decent. They, they listed their stats here. Um, but really, their questions come down to, is it worth taking a chance and reapplying to schools? And what else can they do about boosting their application? And how do they address 
starting medical school and then dropping out. That's going to be a hard one. So, so here's, here's the first thing, Rich. He talks about reevaluating the fact that he would be a foreign medical grad or an international medical grad, as they're called now, after he's already at the school. Why? I'm sorry, you, you left me speechless. Why is he, why is he addressing it now? As opposed, why did he think about it after he already started Ross? Is that your question? Yeah. Uh, well, some people don't realize it. Remember, students, in in some respects, and, and I only I I say this in a joking manner, is the offshore schools, international schools, are in some ways like the dark side of the force. It's very attractive. They want to get <laughs> you there. They want to get you there. They want to get bodies. Um, they are publicly traded companies. They are there for a profit motive. I have read reports of these schools where they talk about increasing at, uh, enrollment in order to increase profits the same way they might project, uh, project any company selling how many widgets they're going to have this year. So that's an issue. Um, the And many students don't know what goes on. A lot of students, whether they go to international schools or go to American schools, don't really know what happens. I got accepted to med school. Now what? They have no idea what really happens four years down the road. They do not understand that going into medicine is basically a series of exams followed by occasional lectures and that you're going to be testing and testing and testing and testing and testing, et cetera. And what really goes on? So it's, it's a thing to go on. So I don't, I will not hold that in any way, shape or form against them. But once they're there, they find out. I've also known from people who've gone offshore um, schools can be rough. Uh, you're now in a new country, a new environment. Many people go offshore because they weren't uh, the most consistent or rigorous student previously. Now they're going to a very rigorous program. I will have to say, certainly the larger offshore and well-known schools have reasonably decent medical education programs. They're not, they're not crap. They have to show people are going to pass the um, boards and so they have to be rigorous enough and people aren't necessarily prepared for that so i think you have a large percent of dropout for that reason so i don't again also don't necessarily hold that against them so now what do you do though i'm at this point um while uh, just to add to your comment for while the mph itself is not going to help grade point average an accomplishment of having it is something to be an accomplishment can be noted but it's not going to make up for necessarily in low grade point average so what do you have in terms of coursework that you can show some more rigorous coursework to do now? Is it worth the expense of going to a SMP at this point? Postback probably would not be worthwhile for this person. SMP maybe, I don't, I don't have their stats in front of me. SMP being linked programs and more direct route in some respects. Are they also continuing volunteering, healthcare experience? Can they take some higher level biomedical courses, whether high-level undergraduate or beginning graduate courses, and again, just to show you can do well in it. Not going for a degree, but just showing you have continuing work. The real question comes down is, what do you do when you get the question, and you will have to report that you went to another school? What happened? How do you do it? You will have to submit your transcripts, you will have to discuss it, and you'll have to discuss why. And one of the suggestions I've had for students like this, not the first time I've had a student like this either, is I was, I was, you know, I was in a sense allured in, not by the school, my desire to be a doctor and my inability to get here and not thinking to go ahead rushing. 
And I realized for many reasons, it was not going to be an environment that I was going to do well in and wanted to be in and look well for the future. Lay it all out there. You have no choice. This is not something you can sweep under the carpet. You have to take the skeleton out of the closet and dance with a little bit. It's your only hope. Seriously, what are you going to do? Don't try to hide something you can't hide. Don't try to minimize it. Yeah. So two paths there. Um, and by the way, the word term I always use for a medical school application is a coherent, concise, and compelling narrative showing your motivation, commitment, and achievement to go to be, become a doctor. And this is a place where you talk about that. You were so motivated to be a doctor, you were kind of blinded about where you were going. And that's sort of where their narrative goes. That, the, the the problem is, will he ever have that opportunity to talk about it? Because in an application or on the application, you have to say that you've matriculated at a medical school before. And so he's proven that he can't handle, at least this first time that he went, that he can't handle the curriculum. So why so, would a school take a risk on, on him again? Because th this is one of those places where when normally you would have the personal statement the primary application just discussing why medicine this is something that is such a glaring red flag that you have to discuss it in a paragraph in your personal statement on the primary yeah you have to do a well-targeted broad application process um are your chances lower yes they are are your chances nil no are they you know i don't know you know you it's the only opportunity you have you can't change the past here you have to go with it best you can yeah and this so. is one where advocating for yourself through other conversations through phone calls through emails with with the medical schools is a another opportunity as well i find that if someone has a decent background as an applicant schools won't um throw them off you know out of hand and especially now with so many schools giving completely unscreened Secondaries, you have more of a chance to develop it and discuss it in length. So I think it's actually a little more opportunity than had been in the past for this. So you have chances to talk about it. All right, so there you have it. So as Rich said, never say never, but obviously the, the chances are, are not going to be great. You do have to answer that you've matriculated at another school. You're going to have to answer those questions about why you stopped. But if you have good answers, you can advocate for yourself. You build those relationships with people that can open some doors for you. There's always a chance. So good luck to you, the poster, who posted that. If you have a similar question or similar story, go post it over at the Old Premeds forums. Again, oldpremeds.org. I do want to remind you, as we're releasing this podcast here on November 16th, 2016, that the Pre-Med Years podcast is having its fourth anniversary this week as well. So if you haven't listened to that one, I highly recommend you do. It is for non-traditional students, for traditional students. It has amazing insight and information. Uh, I tell, I, I think the majority of my listeners over there, about 50% are non-traditional listeners. So if you're listening to this, I think that's another must that you should listen to that podcast as well. All right, I hope you got a ton of great information out of the podcast today. As always, I hope you join us next week here at the Old Pre-Meds Podcast and go check out the Pre-Med Years while you're waiting for this podcast next week. Have a good week.